You're listening to a Big Finish production. Oh, it's cold out there, isn't it? Hodder Hall. Gothic grey brick beneath winter clouds. A house that looks to have no warmth in it. My home now. It's fitting. There's precious little warmth in me either. This is the Big Finish podcast, freezing you with fear from the 7th of October, 2018. You spooky Benji. There's the owl. Oh. Hello you, yeah, come in, put your feet up, enjoy all of the latest from Big Finish's world of audio drama and audio books. Will there be any Doctor Who? <laughs> of course there will. Now, I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. Hello. I'm saying it like that because I wrote it in capitals for some reason. Like I think it. The, cat, the cat's lock was just on. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to take a risk that either you know what happens in a Big Finish podcast or that you will be uh, willing to find out. But just a reminder that our drama tease is Blind Terror. It's uh, the, the, the Gods of Frost and it's a uh, Big Finish original part of our original drama thingy and it's brilliant and it's got Eve Miles starring in it fantastic and our guest star slot features the final installment of our feature on Big Finish composers Jamie Robertson and Howard Carter right time to look at our latest releases and coming up this week Bernice Summerfield the story so far then we have the Dalek occupation of winter a small semblance of home Torchwood One, Machines, Shilling and Sixpence Investigate, and we look at all of them with clips and review quotes. First up, Bernie Summerfield, the story so far. Get your breath back. Pretty hot. Fairly important, actually. That search party is coming this way, and you're choking. They won't give us away. Right. Uh, ben Lett on Twitter says... He's at Host Productions for some reason. Beneath Summerfield, the story so far is a perfect anthology of adventures for listeners both new and old. Lisa Bauman is superb. No wonder this spin-off is celebrating 20 years of quality audio drama at Big Finish Full Review at... Um, ooh, where? Oh, it's a YouTube review for Ben Lett. Yeah, go and have a look at that. Next up, we have the Dalek occupation of winter. I uh, expect he'll make a full recovery, assuming, of course, he's allowed plenty of rest. No, that is good news, isn't it, Mr ambassador he must be taken to the research center a spell in hospital would better serve his needs he is required at the center there can be no delay agreed mr tom at tom fan underscore photos on twitter says absolutely love this from big finish the daleks haven't been this devious since the 1960s maureen o'brien and peter purvis you can get him on twitter there at purvis underscore peter give fantastic performances as always do and Peter's portrayal of the Doctor really captures the spirit of Bill Hartnell. Clap, clap, clap. They're the emojis. Clap. clap. Like a clap, 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 clap. Uh, Cultbox says, there's a complex moral problem running through the core of the story as the Doctor, Stephen and Vicky have to debate the overarching need to defeat the Daleks and the implications for the locals if they do. As Maureen O'Brien observes in the extras interviews, there's a strong dose of realism in this story and it avoids easy answers. It's one that will stay long in the mind and is a great start to this run, uh, this new run of adventures. It's also David K. Barnes's first excursion for, I was going to say execution for some reason, uh, for Big Finish. And we suspect it won't be his last. You're right. Next up, a small semblance of home. 
How long were we on that last planet? Four hours? Ian shakes his head and smiles. It was more like fourteen. You were so tired. You slept on the caravan to the chief botanist's palace. I didn't want to wake you and you looked so peaceful. Oh, Ian, she says, slumping into a chair. I've lost count. I don't know what day it is anymore. I've been trying to keep track, but there's nothing here that helps. We land, and in my head, it's the middle of the day. But we walk outside, and it's night. Andrew Zaya, that's Andrew on sea air. I like that. That's pretty funky, Mm. and it It makes him sound like some kind of sort of super rescuing international rescue type (laughs) chap. Uh, Sent on September the 27th. Beautiful. That was just beautiful. A superb short trip narrated by the original Susan herself, Carol Ann Ford. Worth recommending for all who have watched Doctor Who uh, but never heard the Big Finish audios. Sounds just like watching a TV episode. Sci-Fi Bulletin, uh, uh, Paul Simpson MP. No, he's not an MP. Why am I saying he's an MP? I don't know. Maybe it's just because he seems like a very serious, authoritative person. Uh, Paul says, verdict, a well-observed character piece. Nine out of ten. And now a random flashback to Torchwood 1, Machines. The original concept was rather too retro. We've gone sleeker, sexier. Yes, the history is fascinating, actually. No, Ianto, it's not. Yes, kick NZ. Don't kick New Zealand, as we say. <laughs> oh, I'll do it again. On Twitter, it says, Torchwood One Machines by Epic Finishes a Tour de Force. One half Yanto's heart and other half Yvonne's devilish antics. The perfect duo fighting Wotan. It's a more light-hearted Torchwood. Well, almost. Smiley emoji. Three fast-paced characters, centric tales, nine out of ten. Just thought we'd go back and mention that since kick NZ mentioned it. Why not, eh? Why not? Well, next up we have Shilling and Sixpence Investigate. I love a good story, me. Go on. Tell me about Morlington Hill. Well, it's hard to know where to start. Why not try the beginning? The beginning? Hmm. All right, then. I first arrived in Morlington Hill back in February, the day the Irish Republican Army bombed Tottenham Court Road, remember? And the very seriously named Ploppy the Dog on Twitter <laughs> says, uh, hashtag shilling sixpence by uh, at Nigel Fairs. Big Finish, there's a link to the page on the Big Finish website. Four utterly compelling whodunits which take the listener to a very dark place. Top notch cast at Big Finish David Warner, Celia Imry, uh, Abby Harris. That's uh, Abby Harris actor, uh, and uh, at Lou Jameson, Louise Jameson, and uh, Matthew Waterhouse. That's at Minetta Lane. I don't know why. Uh, to name a few, superbly directed by at Josh Twain, which is Sam Clemens, the director, who's doing more stuff for us. Son of Brian Clemens, worth mentioning that, uh, bigging him up there. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Our, our uh, big finish original, Shilling and Sixpence, just out recently. Um, uh, yes, uh, what was I going to? I was, I was going to describe it as a beautiful uh, murder mystery thing set at just the um, opening of the Second World War. And that's it for our latest releases. More next time. Coming up very soon, listeners' emails packed with controversy and a reminder of our competition. <laughs> 
has to be said like that. But first, it's the Big Finish news, and then some. In the noisy news this week, <laughs> Big Finish Day schedule or schedule. Schedule. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who short trips. I am the master. Well, you, I, I'm not the master. Oh. No, well, well, not last time I checked. Um, but well, it's I a short you trip. Check again. Yeah. Uh, celebrating <laughs> countermeasures. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Doctor Who: The Hunting Ground. The trailer. Oh, exciting! So let's uh, have a look at the Big Finish Day schedule. Let, yeah, let me have a look at that. So yeah, that's just to let you know what's going on at Big Finish Day. Uh, if you come to the Quad in Derby on the third of November. Uh, all the tickets are sold and uh, I hope that um, uh, you people who are attending are listening please attend what was it the master says please attend people of the new universe uh, people let me have a look <laughs> anyway it's, it all kicks off at 10 o'clock uh, in the John Hurt Cinema at the Quad uh, the Big Finish Hello where uh, Benji and I will be welcoming all the guests who've turned up at that point on stage having a little chat with them then at 20 past 10 there'll be a Big Finish Q&A where uh, Nick and Benji take general Big Finish related questions from the audience this is all news to Benji he's Ooh. just sitting there thinking oh am I doing this uh, Jason Ooh. Hay Gallery uh, our Lord and Master uh, chairman and co-executive producer with me and david richardson our senior producer they'll, they'll be helping out with the answers any little queries you've got about big finish any comments you want to make any anyone want to have a go at us please be gentle uh anyway and then uh, a chap called ian parks should be taking over as the mc but i'll be hosting an interview with sylvester mccoy at 11 o'clock and then we have a new thing that happens by the by in cinema two there uh, which is Big Finish Drop-In, where throughout the day there'll be various people from various productions talking about various things, and you can just chat with them. They'll be, you know, and they may even sign autographs, even though they'll be doing that anyway. Uh, the, so while the Big Finish Q&A is going on, there'll be uh, a panel on Big Finish writing, directing, and uh, producing with John Dorney, Matt Fitton, Ken Bentley, Alfie Shaw, uh, the new producer of The Short Trips, and Jamie Anderson, and they'll be there to answer your questions and just have a chat. And while I'm doing the Sylvester McCoy interview there'll also be a, a Dark Shadows drop-in going on with Matthew Waterhouse David Darlington and Joseph Lister Lister? Lister <laughs> can't pronounce Joe's name and I've known him for almost literally a million years anyway and at 12 o'clock on the main stage in the Sir John Hurt cinema we talk to women in Big Finish John Godbold hopefully will be doing that panel with Sophie Aldred Lisa Bauman Raki Thakra and India Fisher now, at lunchtime, uh, the Hoover's Raffle will be going on. Yeah, now there's a sight to behold. And at half past one, uh, the cosplay contest will be presented live on stage. And we're hoping to get Sylvester McCoy to judge that. Meanwhile, uh, at uh, two o'clock... <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing. I feel like one of those old Envision presenters on <laughs> on uh, Southern television. Must, I like it. Must though. just have another swig of whiskey. <gasps> what am I suggesting? <laughs> right here we are again. <laughs> now then. <laughs> The Big Finish podcast will be on the main stage at two o'clock, presented by Nick and Benji, whoever they oh. are. And the special guests will be Matthew Waterhouse, Racky Thackrad, Jacob Dudman, Jamie Anderson, Alfie Shaw, Mark Elstov, India Fisher and Tim Trelaw. There'll be a pick and mix question bonanza. We'll have a, a pot of some of, of questions that they can pick and hopefully they'll be good ones. Uh, then at three o'clock, there'll be Star Cops with uh, Trevor Cooper, Racky Thackrad and uh, producer david richardson chatting about that on the main stage and then at four o'clock 
the the other main guest Sophie Aldred will um, be interviewed hopefully by Robert Dick and then at uh, 45 minutes past four there'll be the big finish goodbye where everyone who's left will of the guests will come on stage for a, for a big big old goodbye and a, and a last little chat with you and then the whole event will finish at quarter past five so there you have it that's a sort of rundown of what's going on of course those attending will eventually get this timetable but i just thought i'd give you a flavor of what's going on there's also um, a photo studio uh where you can have your photograph taken with um the guests at various times of the day and that will all be scheduled nicely on your big finish day third of november at the quad schedule thank you cool that's that's action-packed isn't it, it really it's is going on so much to look forward to there it's going to be an absolutely fabulous time i think well let's hope all, so let's hope so yeah i mean Get i've, I've hired just... the van oh, have you hired the van yeah excellent is it nice transit no it's um it's a citroen bolingo oh my do you know what i've got a lot of time for the citroen bolingo <laughs> i have my friends in um germany the twins we call them marco and dario oh. uh they have a, they speak like this and they oh, he said oh what car do you said uh we have the bolingo the citroen bolingo and yeah spent a lot of time traveling around nice. around germany in a bolingo that's i don't know why i brought that up but sounds quite funny doesn't it traveling around germany in a bolingo we have the Bilingo. <laughs> I haven't got an advertising deal with Citroen, have I? Because I've, I sh- I've earned some money now. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We say it, we say it uh, five times, don't we get a free Citroen Bilingo? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? I wouldn't have to pay for the hire. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on in the news. Anyway, this is this is the car hour with uh, <laughs> Benji and Nicholas Briggs, two petrol heads. Um, we've got oh, so not uh, a petrol head. No, nor I, nor I. Uh, Doctor Who short trips. I am the master, and that's out this month, coming very soon. Need we say more? Well, we can say a little bit. Jeffrey Beavers performs his own script, and here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals as well, and and bats and cats and small fairy and creatures. Small fairy creatures, and here is a clip. for a moment at present i'm bored and i need someone to talk to and you people back there on earth are such good listeners it can't hurt you to listen can it people think it must be fun to be the master oh i find fun where i can but being trapped in a burnt decaying husk is no fun believe me You look at all those strong, healthy bodies passing by and you think, I want a piece of that, even though they aren't generally worthy of hosting me. Never elegant or charming enough, you end up feeling discontent with everything and just a bit violent and angry underneath. It's easy to blame your parents. You should have seen my mum and dad on Gallifrey. But what's the point? You just want to smash everything up. And actually, that's where the real fun begins. We'll be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Sylvester McCoy story Remembrance of the Daleks this month, which introduced the countermeasures team of Group Captain Gilmore, Professor Jensen and Alison Williams. Uh, we spun them off into a series called Countermeasures. Here's a mashup to celebrate that. <laughs> 
You hope you to track down some aliens? Gilmore, there's something behind that glass breathing smoke. Someone or something is trying to contact us from whatever lies behind that threshold. Somebody stop it talking! So it is alien. Well, it looks that way. That door started swinging on its own. Who's up there? Rachel, this is poltergeist activity. This is the first session of the parliamentary inquiry into the intrusion countermeasures group. Sir Tobias Kinsella will be held to account. No such thing as luck, Gilmore. We're all the fathers of our own fortune. Sometimes quite literally. No! No, can't you hear them? Ah! I felt the heat of that one, sir. We have to fight back. I will not make promises. Lying's like breathing to that man. He does it without thinking. You're sending us into East Berlin. You're sending Rachel in. I suppose I always knew there was going to be a risk. If I'd wanted a quiet life, I could have stayed at Cambridge. What are you going to do to me? He's wanted control of countermeasures from day one. There was a moment back there at New Horizons. It was as if I remembered something. Something terrible. <gasps> Actions have consequences. If anyone should know that, it's you. Oh, what do I do? Just keep driving. Look out! The gun! Alison! Rachel, stay back! How many people have died because of your blundering? Ian, no! It's a dead man switch! What? Police is gonna blow everybody! Countermeasures is to cease any and all investigations into new horizons. In short, back off. Or else. Use this. What is it? One of the doctor's gizmos. That'll distract the system. If you say so. And it appears to work. Wicked. Why don't you tell me what's going on? You know, group captain. T-minus, 30 seconds. I've absolutely no idea. If I fail, I need someone to continue the fight. If I die, avenge me. Is that what you're saying? Let's hope it doesn't come to that. As much as it hath pleased Almighty God of his great mercy to take unto himself the soul of our dear brother Tobias here departed. We weren't supposed to make contact until things changed. Well, things have changed. Rather drastically. The new countermeasures. This confirms my suspicions. It's the footprint of a yeti. And we'll be announcing something special to celebrate that very soon. Ooh, it was nearly an owl then. Uh, Doctor Who, The Hunting Ground by A.K. Benedict and starring Colin Baker as the Doctor is out in December. Here is the brand new trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. The Hunting Ground. You don't look like any doctor I've ever known. You should get out more. And you are? Inspector Ursa Christian's daughter. You say you found the body? I did, poor chap. Yeah, from the formation of the crystals, looks like he's been hit with an ice blaster. Thank you. Your voice has been identified and your code word verified. How may we help you today? My hunt in the Earthfound North District was disrupted. Local law enforcement is crawling all over the reserve. I paid for privacy. I was told that all red tape would be dealt with. My dearest Ursa, my little one who grew up, 
You are now a fine detective, and I know that one day you'll find this and hear all that I've kept from you. What the? What is it? Arthur, oh. can you hear me? My, my brakes have failed. What? Oh, God. I have to jump. You can't. The ravine. I have to, or I'll crash. Can you hear that? I was hoping it was just me. There, see? Through the fence. Wolves! Big finish. We love stories. I'm Marthic. I'm Marthic. We're, We're the Marthics. Oh, good. And I was worried it would be complicated. Bit of Scandi Noir meets Doctor Who there. And that, on that bombshell there, is the end of the news. <laughs> oh. More next time? I hope so. Mm. Uh, Roger Moore next time? Mm. Maybe. Well, um, yes. Yes, well, absolutely. Mine's a cognac or whatever it is. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that was. That just sounds like me tired in the evening in a hotel uh, bar. Uh, cognac. Uh, <clears throat> Coming up soon, the final part, or is it? Well, I hope it is. No, I, well, do I hope it is? I don't know. Of our extended interview with Big Finish composers JR and HC. That's Jamie Robertson and Howard Carter to you. It just couldn't be bothered to type their full names. But first... Stand by your beds. It's listeners' emails. <laughs> what has taken hold of me? He has the madness. <laughs> now, as you all know, if emails weren't to exist, the entire no. gravitational pull of planet Earth would be disrupted. It's In true. fact, it, it, it's possible it wouldn't exist. Yeah. And obviously that would mean that everything starts flying off. You know, you go to reach for your phone, but it's off. It's, it's flying off towards the planet Goblin, which is a new planet, <laughs> apparently. Um, I, I'd like to is think that it's... that what it's um, called, that new planet? It's called the Goblin, yes. They've called it the Goblin. Yeah. And that's at the edge of the solar system, isn't it? Apparently so. I like to think it's it's run by the Goblin King, which is played by David Bowie uh, yeah. in Labyrinth. Yeah, hopefully and that. Yeah, the capital is the Goblin City. That's what I'd like. I must tell Ben that because uh, my son, because he's doing a project for school about space, and he's doing the planets of the solar system. And I said, "There's a new, there's a new planet," and he thinks I'm just making stuff up. You know, he thinks I'm talking about Mondas. <laughs> <laughs> we have drifted away on a journey into space, or whatever they said. <laughs> You have to bring a coat if you go in there, though. It's, it's really cold, isn't it? It's really it? chilly. That was the the Antarctic or Arctic base, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That's, I don't know whether Mondas is chilly, is it? I could imagine it must be. Surely, <laughs> if, if you've been, yeah, but if, if if you've drifted away from the sun, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to get colder, isn't oh, it? Oh, I just remembered the whole thing's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> we drifted away on a journey into space and died. Came uh, came back again. <laughs> We are like a boomerang. <laughs> anyway, what was it you were saying about emails, mate? <laughs> well, it's something to do with the gravitas. Probably something not possible as well. But um, mm. if you if you like emails, Anything's if you want possible with an email, that's very true. If you want to chat to us, have a little, you know, make your views known, uh, tell us some interesting facts, or just talk Doctor Who, then you can. You can send us an email to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast, P-O-D-cast, at squigglyabigfinish.com. First up, I'd like to talk about the controversy last week when one of our listeners wrote in and criticised me personally. 
and and for for us not using the star cops original theme he also said he didn't like me and found me irritating and was unsubscribing to the podcast i read that email out now i also replied replied to the person in question uh because he said he would no longer be listening so um so i wrote to him and i, and I said look it wasn't just my decision to not use the theme and in fact i did check with uh, david richardson who produces the series and said, look, should we put the theme in? He went, oh, please, no. So, you know, it's not just me. There are other people who don't like it as well. Um, and thought it was best to go with something new. Uh, and also, I, I said to uh, this chap, the thing that I say on the very, thankfully, very rare occasions, if anyone says something rotten to me, is that I just want to be honest. I don't want to be one of those people who says, doesn't matter to me what you think, because it does matter to me what you think. And it, and anyone who's honest with themselves, I think anyway, it always matters what other people say to you about who you are, what you do, what they think of you. And I said, and you've hurt me. That's all. I just want you to know I'm, I'm a person and I'm hurt and you'll make it that bit less easy for me to do my job because... It really it upset me for the day there. Oh, big big violin uh, piece for Nick there. But yeah, I'm just being honest. Anyway, some of you have written in about this, so. Okay, well, here's someone who touches on that issue uh, as well as talking about other things. So this one is from Laura Valensky. Hello, Laura. I think we need to create a doorway and slide to the 1970s and send Ian down that slide, locking that door behind him. <laughs> there's Rude and then there's Ian. I hope that you didn't take all that too personally, Mr Briggs. I did. <laughs> I realised that as the voice slash face of Big Finish, you probably get plenty of angry slash small-minded words from people who are jealous or whatever. I mean, seriously, what is the point of that vitriol? To prove they're better than you or to make you feel guilty for being a public figure when they apparently can't stand women or gays. Honestly, I would have a hard time not taking that stuff personally, but then again, I'm not a public figure, smiley face. I, for one, love to hear you, and Benji, doing your fun thing on the podcasts. It reminds me that there is fun to be had in everything we do just have to have a good outlook and be able to see the humour in everything. I'm still working on the humour part myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're so quick on your proverbial feet, able to crack the jokes. Just takes practice, I bet. Um, well, I'd just like to uh, say something about that. Uh, luckily, uh, I don't get lots of people writing in and saying horrible <laughs> things to me, which is, you know, probably why I reacted so strongly to Ian, as you mentioned his name, or what Ian said. Um, so that that's nice. Uh, that that doesn't happen and i do acknowledge that you know anyone who sticks their head above the parapet to say something and and it, it is always to do with selling yourself a bit you know i can't i can't say that there's no ego involved in what i do you know you you know if someone's going to chuck something back at you you have to kind of take it but the way i take it is to say ow that hurt and you know i am just a person just that doesn't mean that they shouldn't criticize me or shouldn't not like what i do but you know i just want to be honest with the effect it has on me i, I really don't think that people shouldn't um criticize me at all i mean absolutely and and even tell me about it but i did say to ian in my reply to him i said look there are lots of people in the entertainment world who irritate me i said but I, the only difference between you and i is that i i don't write to them and tell them <laughs> i think it's one thing to say oh i hate this director and he's rubbish or oh, i don't like what they've done and there's another thing to actually write to them and tell them that and i mean that's what he did and he also wrote to a, an email address that he knew is for things to be put publicly on the podcast you know uh so 
that's a shame but there's something else coming up about that but on with laura for the moment so we carry on with this email here and it starts with uh, i have to say that jamie robertson is da best <laughs> i just adore the jago and lightfoot theme music and nowadays it brings tears to my eyes to yeah. hear it knowing that it's done and for the saddest reasons yeah. sigh love that theme tune so good and that war doctor theme tune is also amazing yeah. but it doesn't make me sad it just makes me want to go and fight someone <laughs> lol because <laughs> the war doctor theme wasn't that done by um howard i thought that was howard yeah, yeah, yeah howard carter did yeah, that yeah, one yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been really nice to get to hear different versions and listen to the musicians on the podcast talking about their work with big finish it's funny did i uh, just interjecting really mm. quickly because this yeah. is amusing um I woke up the other day and um that is amusing first, yeah that is yeah well I, I was quite happy that i found that one out but um i was making breakfast and i was thinking to myself god that new doctor who theme tune is brilliant I thought, it's just so good i really like that you know they've totally shaken it up it's absolutely superb and then and then i was about to go and put on to twitter about it about it and then i suddenly stopped and thought that was a, just a dream. I completely... <laughs> and it wasn't real. And it, uh, I was so... And then I thought, right, I thought, this is my chance. I thought, I'll, I'll record what I remember. And then I'll, and then I'll have this amazing Doctor Who theme did that I did. Yeah. Well, I couldn't remember it after. You know, like, like I was like, the details. Because you know when you have a dream, it's fresh. And then as, you know, after about half an hour, I find that the, that the details go and then yeah, you forget definitely. it. And the only thing I now remember is that the closing credits of this new Doctor Who, which clearly don't exist, had really fun sort of visuals of like like sort of white writing and things swishing around and it looked really cool and yeah but that's all i remember but, but i just thought that i just thought that was amusing when it comes yes. to theme tunes so i can say I've, I've heard the new series theme tune now only it's not the new series <laughs> theme tune in fact it's one that will never be heard by another person because it doesn't actually exist um <laughs> Anyway, carrying on with Laura's email. Sorry, Sorry. Laura, I just you oh, just made I, I me. I just wanted to say one thing. I wanted to say something about that, which is that uh, uh, first of all, the whole thing about dreaming things and getting them confused with reality. I don't know whether that's to do with overwork because I get that more and more. The number of times <laughs> that I say to people, "Did is that happening, or did I dream that?" Without any sarcasm. Uh, the number of times I say that has increased to quite an alarming degree. So if there are any neurologists listening, they might say, ah, Nick, uh, you have a real problem there. <laughs> the other thing about hearing things, you know, uh, uh, tunes in your head and forgetting them later, you know, uh, Jamie Robertson says that you know, he goes out for a ride on his bike and he has, he has a little tape recorder with him, a little dictaphone, and he... If he thinks of a tune while he's doing it, he stops and do 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 he do do doos it into the the recorder. Also, Howard talks. I think he's already spoken about in his interviews um, that he uh, he just poodles around on a piano a lot and just records it all, and then yeah, anything that's, that's good, good goes back and and gets the bit that he recorded. And yeah, excellent. Anyway, sorry. Onwards with Laura. Just imagine me waking up and go, yeah, God, here it goes. Oh, that's never going to help me. I really want to um, talk about Matt Berry's version of the theme tune, but we haven't oh, got time, have we? We haven't got Matt time. Matt Berry's theme tune album is marvellous. Anyone Legend. who puts on a theme tune album, the Thames Television and London Weekends. Absolutely <laughs> superb. Oh, man, no, is it? I don't know. Oh, and also uh, Open University as well. I love uh, it. And the... And the theme to Sorry as well, which I just... That's, that is a cracking tune as well. Oh. And, and World in Action. 
I just, which is an old documentary series from ITV, a hard hitting. Uh, it's just amazing that his choice is stupendous. He's, he's definitely, uh, definitely somebody that would be worth having a drink with in the pub, talking Gosh. telly with, isn't he? Yeah, we've got to get him in to do a big finish now. Got to do definitely, it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. He'd do it as well, I bet. Well, I don't know. I'm just I worried that he'd be grumpy and, and scare me. <laughs> No, I think he'd be charming and, and just be humming Ski Sunday um, for the whole of the session. Anyway, carry on with his email. Sorry, Laura. We've tangented here, well and truly. What? Um, it says here, uh, you keep on doing the good job you're doing, at least from where I'm sitting. No wonder Jason Hay Gallery stays in the background with horrid people like Ian walking around. Well... I'm not going to call them horrid. Just, just what he said was horrid. I think. Yeah. Um, good good luck with that, uh, and don't let uh, the vocal idiot minority get you down. Besides, he's no longer a customer because of one decision, one theme tune. You know that he was bailing ship because of something. Eventually, uh, good that he is passionate about something, but overkill maybe. Um, that um, that vocal idiot minority seems to be running the USA right now too. <laughs> So I get that it's difficult and frustrating. People, huh? Laura Valensky, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Interesting one there. Oh, USA, not going to talk politics here, but uh, <laughs> interesting one. And there's also a nice little quote. Or is this on the next? No, no, it's her quote, yeah. I like this quote here. Uh, you can't do anything about the length of your life, but you can do something about its width and depth. That's, nice. That's a quote by H.L. Mencken, writer, editor and critic, 1880 to 1956. Mm. Now, uh, going back to all the controversy nonsense, it's worth mentioning that the person in question, Ian Plowman, his name's been mentioned now, uh, wrote to me personally in response to something I, I said to him. Because uh, I mentioned earlier that I wrote to him. He said, Dear Nick, I'm sorry. I had no right making the rude and offensive comments I did. It was me being stupid, a stupid pig-headed idiot who forgot all the hard work and time you put into Big Finish. If I could take back the comments, I would. Also, rest assured, I will make no further comments regarding Starcops. Please keep up the excellent work you do. Sorry, Ian. Now, the embarrassing thing for me is that Ian sent this before the release of the last podcast. But I'd been off sick that week for a couple of days and hadn't noticed this email. I mean, it's just that crazy thing because, you know, the moment you're not working in a job like mine, the emails just pile up and up and up. And, you know, when you have those moments when you're ill, but you think I must do a bit of work, you go through and you grab things that you recognize quickly, things for ongoing um, issues. And somehow I missed it. So that was my fault. And, and if I'd seen this email that I've just read out from Ian, I wouldn't have read out Ian's initial email expressing his horrible views. And so I completely accept his apology. Let's draw a line under it. it. Anyone can make a mistake and regret it and apologise. I absolutely am a big supporter of that notion. And what kind of world would it be if we couldn't accept apologies? So thank you, Ian. I mean, it, it is odd to receive such a horrible email and then get someone saying, I didn't mean it and I shouldn't have said it. I was being stupid. But, you know, I accept I accept your latest version. So thank you very much, Ian. And um, Interesting to talk about the whole issue of, uh, you know, uh, criticism and the way people frame it. You know, people talk about the world these days and how everyone's getting very polarised and, you know, when in previous years someone might have said, oh, I don't quite like that. Now they're going, this is 
expletive deleted you know it's just yeah. everything's a bit too polarized at the moment isn't it and i'm sure i'm guilty of it in all sorts of contexts as well i don't think any of us are immune well onwards now with jim sangster hello nick and benji ah, hello. long time listener first time caller as they say on local radio hi <laughs> welcome welcome to the gang um just a quickie to say thank you for resurrecting callum with your recent box set I first discovered The Morally Troubled Spy when a friend showed me episode he'd recorded from the Channel 4 repeats way back in the 1980s. In the 1990s, whilst at one of the regular Doctor Who meetups at London's Fitzroy Tavern... Ah, the tavern. <laughs> the tavern. Uh, Stephen Moffat told me that he was a fan of Callan and recommended the spin-off novels written by Callan creator James Mitchell. With such a strong recommendation, I was soon converted <laughs> into a fan too, and when I was hired as lead writer for the book 1001 TV series You Must Watch Before You Die, I made sure Callan was there alongside Doctor yes. Who, I, Claudius, and the West Quite Wing. right. Uh, all this time later, it's such a pleasure to return to Callan's deadly world of espionage and corruption, especially as it comes from the pages of James Mitchell's thrilling short stories adapted so vividly by his son Peter. Yeah, yeah. Best, some of the best scripts we've ever had at Big Finish. With this production, you've somehow managed to find an ensemble cast that captures the spirit of the series perfectly. Frank Skinner is especially well cast as Callan's snivelling but loyal sidekick, Lonely. Smelly. <laughs> it's also a surprisingly good jumping on point for anybody new to the characters as each episode sets up the relationships beautifully and reveals the various shades of grey in each individual's moral spectrum. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to revisit this grittiest of spy thrillers. Looking forward to box set number two. Cheers, my dears. Jim. Ah, oh, Jim. Jim's lovely, a lo and he's a lovely guy. I've, I've known him for years, actually. That's really nice of you to write in, Jim. Um, yeah, we're, we're recording the next box set in a couple of weeks, actually. I've got it in my diary. Looking forward to giving a bit more um, uh, Hunter. Oh, Marvellous. Here's a lovely one from Philippa Raffit Ming. Is that how you pronounce that? I would go with that, totally. Okay, Philippa, I'm sorry if I've got your name pronounced incorrectly there. Maybe it's Philippon. Anyway, uh, dear Nick and Benji, I just want to write in to tell you how much I enjoyed The Avengers. Too many targets. I remember getting the novel off eBay about eight years ago and finishing it in one sitting. I hadn't reread the book since, so I pretty much forgotten what the story was about so it was great to listen to your adaptation and enjoy the story all over again all the actors were great and i thought that the casting of beth chalmers as kathy gale was spot on yeah she sounds amazing actually her voice sounds so much like honor blackman that it's uncanny many thanks as always for the amazing audios that big finish keeps putting out there to tingle our ear things <laughs> i love that people are picking up on that stupid <laughs> phrase i've introduced as well as a big thank you for the highly entertaining podcasts <laughs> Me, 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 me. That's uh, near the podcast. With very best wishes, Philippa sent from a sunny beach in Western Crete. Oh, well, we're all a bit jealous now. Yeah, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Well, I have to say, um, I'm totally with you there about Beth Chalmers. She's so talented. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember I was sat with her in the green room and we were just chatting voices and the different voices she can do. And the range of voices that she can do in the characters is just amazing. Yes. I was absolutely just awestruck just how talented she is and how just the, the absolute range that she's yeah. got to do different things. 
it was Absolutely it was brilliant. peter davison who introduced her to us because he'd done a radio drama and he said there's a woman i'd like you to employ who who played everyone else in this radio drama <laughs> i did you know she's hugely talented and a lovely person as well well i don't know about that but i've never much liked her <laughs> <laughs> no I, I love beth she's a lovely human being well, there we go. There were loads more brilliant emails this week and we shall do our best to get them here in the coming weeks. Let's hope so. Keep them coming anyway. It's great to hear from you all. really is. Yes, it is. Honestly, we love it. And Benji particularly loves it. I think he loves I it do. more than me, don't you? But, you know, I mean, it's I love it a lot. Thing. So I can't imagine how much you love it. Well, a lot more. In the... <laughs> in the meantime, it's time, 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 time for competitions. Just a reminder of our current competition. That's to win 50 current buns. Um, no, it's not. Um, the prize for this one is The Diary of River Song, Volume 4. The question... Ah, oh, the question. The question. Uh, which famous historical lady did Alex Kingston star as? The clue, fortunes and misfortunes. <laughs> the subject line is River... And the closing date is Friday the 12th of October. One of the funny things about one of the replies recently is that they got the answer right and they said, I'm so sorry, I had to look this up. I thought, well, you know, it's okay. You know, it's, <laughs> you are allowed to look it up. That's the point, isn't it? It's sort of, uh, or, or do they think that uh, it's only innate knowledge? If you don't already have the knowledge, it's you're forbidden from entering the competition if you don't immediately know it. It's not a test, it's just a competition. Anyway, that's it for our competition. <laughs> And that's it for listeners' emails. See you later. Coming up very soon-ish, we encounter the randomoid Selectatron. It selects a random release from the Big Finish archives, you see, and we chat about it. It's all very lovely. But now we rejoin... Rejoin? Rejoin? Rejoin! JR and HC, that's... Jamie Robertson and Howard Carter to you. I have no further improvisation. Here they are. What was the next? What was the next theme you did first? Well, obviously we did Holmes, which is a oh, similar yeah. No, style. Yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me what what was my brief? I remember it actually. Oh, I can't remember. What? Tell me. <laughs> Do you remember it? Um, I said something about Edward Scissorhands, didn't I? Yeah, that's uh, Danny right. Elfman. I said. Yes. Tim and- Burton. That's Tim it, Burton. and also you did like the ITV homes. Yes, yes, that's I, it. I said that Jeremy. that meets meets Tim Burton. That's, that's what it. I said. Yeah, with Jeremy Brett. Yeah, so. Um. But let's hear the Sherlock Holmes theme. the prisoner you know i think i told you that i wanted you to do something in the style of the original but i wanted it to be a different theme tune because mm. i didn't want people to think we were fitting in episodes That's between it. do you remember when i said did i send you the math trumpet version 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I think you put it in I the podcast. I played that on the yeah. podcast, mate. I did. Honestly, any around, nonsense you yeah. send me just goes straight on the podcast. That's it, yeah. yes, I yeah. was just joking around again. That was new stuff in the studio. I was like, yeah, that would do. I, lo- I love I love it when you do things like that. Like, I've just done something mad here. Cheer you think, up. Yes. Yeah. I love it. There it is. There and go. now let's hear let's hear the real prisoner theme. Here it is. So tell me how you went about assimilating the style and how you came up with the tune and all that malarkey. <laughs> malarkey. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I grew up listening to Beatles and then in the 70s, Queen and um, oh, what was it? The Animals, people like that, you know. What other job, especially in composing, do you get to do classic 60s style sounds? It's brilliant, isn't it? You know, it's like <laughs> if you ask any composer out there, they're all doing modern sounds and that. But we get to play around and and work on classic stuff and give it a new, refreshing sound. You know, even with the Fourth yeah. Doctor stuff. But um, the Prisoner came along, and I, I knew I wanted that classic. It's sort of like I always remind me of the heartbeat down 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 sort of sound you know oh, that, yeah. that, that, the twanging chorusy guitar and that and i wanted to have the real sort of guitar so i got someone to just sample me a you know and uh that went in and then obviously we got the uh the main theme starting to come in and um yeah. and we actually because it was um very early on i think actually i think you still recording when we did the theme, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I think he was recording three or four, the third or fourth episode. But um, and Ian was it back then? Was doing Ian the sound. Meadows? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's the first thing he did for us, I think. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So and then he came to the dark side. <laughs> and he, uh, Big finish. That's it. And um, he's he's yeah. So it, it was kind of like I wasn't sure where we was going to go with it because obviously with the TV, it's all it's very visual. Isn't mm. it with the prisoner? Yeah, but, yeah. but with with us, obviously, you couldn't have a load of footsteps going on for one and a half minutes. Just, no. just walking around, you know, and then putting some music. People think, have they forgot the dialogue or something? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a long starting sequence, yeah. isn't it, so, in, in the TV so, show? But I decided to write the first 20 minutes of the first episode to sort of explain what happened. That's yeah. it. And we split it, didn't we? Because in the end, you had like scenes coming on, and then before he gets to the, to the village, it sort of keeps coming in and out. That's right. I put in the script and yeah. burst of the theme. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think that's the first time we had like had probably about three or four versions of the theme coming in. <laughs> I've always been a believer that music's a um, is a character. 
within, yeah. a, within a film or an audio drama, it shouldn't overtake it. I, I think I've I've relaxed back a bit now compared to eight, ten years ago. Um, yeah. But uh, it should always be there just to support the art, the actors. One of your great talents, and I think this is this always proves to be a great talent for uh, a composer is when not to put music in yeah uh, you have a really good instinct of when to just leave it and then make the music count when it does come in oh, you know? cheers. I, I like to because i always try and visualize it up in in your brain you know okay yeah. if this is a film how would you do it and yes. um, and uh, yeah because you can oversaturate you really can oversaturate if you're not careful. And even now, even today, I mean, I, I can say, I suppose, working on Ravenous too. Yeah. But uh, I've, I, what I normally do when I get the music is I sit and listen and we, we always have a music plot session. Well, if you were a director on a film, you'd have a session where you'd sit yeah. and talk through everything. Uh, but here, I, I literally listen through to myself, got the script and work out where music would be, what sort of music would be, any recurring themes, any arc, or if there's any arcs in the story. Um, but like today, obviously, I'm near the end of episode one now, writing the music, but I've already pulled areas of music that didn't need it. Because obviously, once you've got so much going on with music, it's nice to have the refresher, uh, the refreshing breath for, you know, uh, just let the acting take over. Yes. And also with horror, anything horror or you know, suspenseful things, anything that's going to be... I always find less is more for more impactive stuff, if that makes sense. Yes. So if you want no, to make them does, jump, bang. Rather than having it... Um, and there's a lot of professional um, Hollywood composers that I think make a mistake here, but they've obviously they're doing what the director wants, I suppose. Yes. Uh, where they'll just have the music all the way through and it becomes so drony that when there's stuff like, you know, someone gets shot or someone gets stabbed, it doesn't have the same impact. Yes. But I find, like, when doing, like, any short films or films or anything, if you get someone who's a writer, director, and editor, they like to have so much control. They even ask you to the sort of music they want, and you yeah. end up rewriting loads. And like It's really weird. A 10-minute short film will take longer to write than a you know 45 minute doctor who audio uh, well because we're, well, the way we work a yeah. lot is to mm. just get people who we build a trust with and we trust we trust their creative choices how can we guess how many hours of incidental music you've done for us <laughs> i mean what would it be for oh, oh lots Lots, because obviously I'd say out of a let's say a twenty-five minute Doctor Tom Baker, there's probably about fifteen minutes of music. Maybe it's twenty-five. Let's say twelve. Yeah, twelve minutes of music. So there's a lot of fourth Doctors. The uh, main range you've got they're normally what about forty, fifty minutes for main range, isn't it per disc? So let's say about thirty minutes there, and that's a lot. I mean that's that's. God, God knows how many releases there are now. Um, I'm sure someone's probably yeah. now tapping away, working it out. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's write in to podcast at bigfinish.com and let us know how many hours of music Jamie Robertson has done for us. Listen, uh, I'm sorry, we, you know, we, we have to end it there. It's been a pleasure, quite an insight and quite a musical mystery tour. Yeah, no, no I appreciate it. Thank you. And it's nice that everyone does make nice comments uh, occasionally about it all. I'm not very good at fibbing, so uh, I, it's all just the truth, so uh, have no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. 
we did the uh, the Callan theme as well, didn't we? Yes, yes. And um, it, I, it's easy enough because I've you know been in music most of my life. Picking out the notes is the easy bit. It's then going back through and almost sound designing and producing it to make it sound like the original. That's the tricky bit. Um, yeah. And you you get so like I mean the, those themes are fine. You can pick out the elements. You can pick out you know the guitar, the string section, whatnot. Um, but then when you come to put it all together, it's just so important to have, first of all, second pair of ears, but, uh, you know, the ears of someone who knows the theme well enough to be able to critique it <laughs> objectively. Yeah. You um, Did you play the guitar live for that one? I did, yeah. I, um, I thought so. Ma- it- many takes, <laughs> because I'm not a particularly good guitarist. Well, it sounds brilliant. It, that, it sounds kind of more... Uh, it's. It's like the live version of it. You know what I mean? It's like someone recorded a band playing it in a way. Because yeah. that guitar does feel more live than in the original. And almost, it feels more archive than the original as well. It's sort of, it's brilliant. It's a really I wonder how many one. people know that it's not the original version. Well, they do now. <laughs> it's, um, it's a tricky one because with, you know, with the piano, you play piano, you can kind of um, fake it. With a guitar, when it's bent notes and vibrato and string yeah. slides, computers aren't that clever. That You kind of have to get your hands dirty and just do it yourself. So for me, as a sort of semi-amateur guitarist, it's, it's a lot of takes and sort of going line by line and stacking them up. Um, and then it's something I actually talked to Steve Fox and one of the other designers who I think he um, sound designed that series. Yeah. But he, he uh, was a, a very useful second pair of ears for me because um, he is a guitarist and he was just, I was trying to model the same amplifier and get the same sound. And you never, unless you've got the original equipment, you're never quite going to do it. So it's always going to be a, an approximation. But um, I think, like you say, we got, we got close enough that it's recognizable. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Slightly no, we were very, we were very, very happy with it. We should have a listen to it now. goodness knows how many hours of music you've done for us it'd be impossible for you to to pick one that's your favorite but maybe one that just pops into your mind now um that you could talk about and the challenges of it and then we could hear it sure um i think in sort of recent times one of the ones that was most challenging and i had most fun with was actually king lear we did um last year Uh because it's um it's very different to the usual big Finnish fair. It's, um, you know, we usually have a lot of incidental music. There's usually quite a lot of, um, you know, running, jumping, climbing trees going on in the background. So music has a certain place. But with King Lear, because it's obviously wall-to-wall dialogue and you can't get in the way of Shakespeare, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot more about um, setting tone and ambience and texture. 
And I, rather than sort of following the drama and scoring the drama, I kind of decided to just score King Lear, the character himself throughout. So um, I started with a few motives and a few little themes um, based around his character and just slowly had them dissemble and fall apart and become more atonal and anarchic throughout the play as he goes mad, essentially. And it was a really interesting sort of compositional exercise to base um, a score around a character rather than the drama itself. That's a um, really yeah, it was, idea, it's a lot yeah. of fun. And I just used a small little um, orchestra, so it was just a small woodwind section and uh, strings and brass, and a few little bits of percussion, and just set out to have this very very basic theme, and then just slowly have it unravel and. Mm. Um, the other things with that score, which is sort of um, sums up what I love about working with the big Finnish dramas, is that I um, I love being able to have control of both the sound design and the score because you yeah. have a chance to sort of create a new vocabulary. I find between the points where they meet. So usually you have a sound design world, and then music comes after, and sort of the two they sit happily together, but they don't really overlap. And I yeah. love. Um, merging the two and sort of confounding expectations so Lear was a great opportunity there so a lot of the storm scenes a lot of the they're, they're, where there's thunder and lightning the thunder and lightning just disappears and you have the orchestra instead um, and vice versa there are lots of times where I took the score once it was there and then reworked it into the background um, of the mm. scenes and into the sound design and into the textures of the general ambience and it creates this very very strange um world where you you, you become uneasy because you don't quite know what's going on and that was very much the feel with that piece because it's so claustrophobic mm. and it's so um dark it's really nice to play with those boundaries and expectations well could we hear a bit of that can indeed As with any vocation, the, the best training you can ever have in the world is to do it and get stuck in and be commissioned to write different things and in different styles. I mean, Big Finish, we've kind of, we, we do everything really, don't we? It's the orchestral yeah. stuff and then um, 80s synth stuff and Dudley Simpson and everything else. So it's just been the best training and learning experience and continues to be huge amounts of fun. So thank you. And there... They go back to the endless work in their studio sweatshops. <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, and as promised, it is now time to activate Ooh. the Randomoid Selectatron. Yeah, That's right, on. so key <laughs> that epic music. Right, what we got? We got ourselves uh, number 34, Spare Parts. Oh, wow. spare parts. Plucked well, a winner and relatively uh, 
relevant what with our previous discussion on Cybermen. 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 Um, Spare parts. Is this actually, is it the vinyl edition or is it the... This is just the release, the CD release. Number 34, Spare Parts, released uh, July 2002. It is uh, available as a limited edition vinyl, if you want to have a look at that. Um, mm, Yeah. Well, so, Spare Parts. Now, oh, I must mention that this will be... um, We'll give you a 25% discount on this, which is going to make it really... A real flipping bargain. <laughs> it's available as a download on the site, and so you can get it dirt cheap. It might be just, you know, worth downloading again just to get it on the app. I know some people who do just pay for things again just to put them on the app. You know, they kind of just think, oh, well, it's a, that's quite a cheap price. That's really nice of you. Uh, anyway, um, uh, yes, so if you want... <laughs> I'm so bad at reminding you of this. I've actually had to scribble it into my script. 25% off, and you have to go to... Um, the toilet no you have to go to uh, www.bigfinish.com forward slash offers forward slash v for vendetta forward slash randomoid and there you enter the code buck up all capital letters no other punctuation or inverted commas or anything buck up b-u-c-k-u-p you enter that you'll get it for 25% off how about that anyway just let's hear the uh, trailer shall we doctor who spare parts It's taken six years training, but the sky's the limit today as mankind sets out on its mission to see the stars. This area is restricted to civilians. Why? What aren't we supposed to see? I saw your friend. Seemed like an amiable chap. The doctor? At Dodds. What were you doing there? Uh... What's happening? Power cut. Just when I got the lights on. Sounds like your society's in its death throes. Not the end of the world. You could be right. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Mondas doesn't have a future after all. Emergency generators! Get the backup generators running! Keep moving. It's too dark for sea! No one leaves! No one! How dare you, Zeng! All this is my work! I created you! And I am superior to you! Be proud while you still have the capacity! That travesty that was once a human being is part of it. I don't know how long it'll take. I'm not even sure I want to stop it. But I can give you a wake-up call. It's up to you, not me, to change things and stop this horror once and for all. Clear these streets. Return to your homes. There is nothing to see. So when did you uh, hear it? Oh God, donkeys! Donkeys years ago. Yeah. It was one of the one of the first CD purchases I think of Big Finish that I made. Um, it's one of those ones. It's it's purely. I mean, for me, it was purely based on this is quintessential Big Finish, uh, as people some people would say. And so it's sort of on those bucket list Big Finish releases, isn't it? Really, you kind of have to Mark listen Platt, to. Mark brilliant writer. And and as well as that, as somebody you know, I love the Cybermen. Um, and in you know, it's it's a real one could say an almost an origin story in its own right it is it's got a real you know it's it's it really takes it back to basics it's really it's a brilliant story mm. um you know wonderfully everything about it, it's a whole package of brilliance really 
Well, I mean, the brief I think that Gary Russell, the director and producer, gave Mark Platt was do me a Genesis of the Cybermen story. And of course, Mark Platt never approaches anything, uh, you know, from the angle you'd expect. And so you get this very unexpected, uh, quirky, idiosyncratic, very character based, very moving, very personal story. There's some yeah, very sort of upsetting bits in it, particularly with the cyber conversion of, of you know, well-beloved characters in it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm struggling to... I've got a million things to say about uh, Spare Parts, except that I've said them all before endlessly. You know, I've said about me doing the cyber voices and Sarah Sutton looking through the window of the studio thinking I'd gone mad because she ne never heard a Cyberman speak like that. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was trying to think just now when I first heard Cybermen speak in that way, and of course I did see the Tenth Planet when I was a little tiddler of a kid. Wow. And I, I remember it quite distinctly. And for many years I remembered the Cybermen speaking in this weird way, but I just, you know, since there were loads of other Cybermen stories afterwards and they didn't speak like that, I just thought that I was having a sort of mad memory from my childhood. Um, and then so when finally, I think probably in the 80s, when uh, clips from these things were available or old videos, you know, and I saw it and heard them speaking like that. I, there was this wonderful feeling of, oh, I'm not bonkers. I haven't made up a stupid memory that they did <laughs> actually speak in this weird way. And of course, I couldn't wait to do it. it took me quite a while to get uh, <laughs> to be a Cyberman of that kind. I love this way. I think it's a really intelligent choice to illustrate a lack of emotion because it makes the voice interesting, but it's random, you know, and it's like a random computer selection of, of um, vocal pitch, um, which sort of conveys a lack of emotion but in an interesting way, because I think the trouble with Cyberman voices is that if you were true to the Cybermen and their lack of emotion, they just be like this all the time. They're just actually being like, you know, and you would stop listening to them after three words. You know. So, yes, great stuff. Well, I think that's it for Ran. I think Ran's pulled out an absolute cyber blinder there. Um, and so we'll put Ran to rest for the rest of the week. He can go off to, I don't know, Barbados for a holiday or something. Yeah, that's good uh, seems like a nice thing to do. Yes. Uh, and we'll be seeing Ran next week, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's hope so. But yeah, spare parts. And uh, now, though, of course, as the podcast starts to shatter into an infinite number of strangely jagged pieces, falling to the surface of the planet Plinktoon, uh, only to be devoured by the dreaded bog beast of Palagarth, uh, there's just time for Nick and I to make up a trailer for this ear podcast. Love those creatures. Uh, uh, Write them in, Nick. Write yeah. them. <laughs> Especially the bog beast of Palagar. The, do you know, the sad thing about me is that I just wrote that without stopping. I didn't even stop <laughs> to think. That just came out of my head. <clears throat> inner workings of your mind there. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, a podcast, Blind Terror and Big Finish Music. I'm Nick Briggs. And I'm Benji Clifford. And well, for this podcast... Oh, Thank you. <laughs> I've just received post. Oh, what have um, you got? 
Just a book. Just oh, a book. Okay. Nothing, nothing crazy. Anyway, back to the podcast, sorry. Back to the podcast, yeah. Uh, I'm Benji Clifford, and we have the latest releases. That's right, we delve into lots of wonderful things. We have Bernie Summerfield, the story so far. We have the Dalek Occupational Winter. We have a small semblance of home, tortured one machine, shilling and sixpence investigate. Oh, so exciting. And in the news, we talk about the big finish day schedule, Doctor Who short trips, I am the master, and we celebrate countermeasures, and there's a Doctor Who, the hunting ground trailer of course we deal with the listeners emails we deal with them we give them a good talking to there's a bit more controversy but it all ends up in a nice cozy place and uh there i put down that there's competition results that's not true we just mentioned the old competition we certainly do and we also touch on some other regular uh occurrences of the podcast we have the randomoid selectotron plucking a random release from the archives Ooh. and we finish off with a drama tease blind terror the gods of frost I mean, apart from you getting a mail delivery during it. <laughs> yes, well, that certainly uh, oh, that's good. rumbled things yeah, a little bit. I, never mind. I, I messed up the competitions thing. It was just a farrago. We're just a shambolic mess. Time now for the first 15 minutes of Blind Terror, The Gods of Frost, a Big Finish original production by Guy Adams, brilliant writer, directed by Scott Hancock, brilliant director, and starring Eve Miles, and I hope the guys won't mind if I say a superb actor. Uh, all of them rather brilliant, frankly. Am I dying? Do you fear it? I don't know. Should I? Not the worst thing I ever did. Odder Hall, gothic grey brick beneath winter clouds, a house that looks to have no warmth in it. My home now, it's fitting, there's precious little warmth in me either. Perhaps I should care where I live, but Hodder Hall will serve, as will I. Playing games. How the other half live, eh? Here you are, miss. I'll fetch you drunk. Is there nobody to help? I believe they're short of staff. Let's know I'm here. What have you got in this thing? A life. I wonder it's heavy. Just leave it there. I'm sure I'll manage. Stronger than you look. Yes. <coughs> Honestly, it's fine. Just leave it there. The master of the house paid me well enough. I don't mind earning it. Oh, Mrs. Alice, are you early? I'm sure we weren't expecting you yet. Well, here I am. Aren't you just... Come on, come on, you're letting in the cold. 
You're the maid, I take it. Yes, miss. Singular. Hardly fair, is it, in a house of this size? Gloria's the name. Where's the madame's room? She's in the attic. Of course she is. Just leave it here, in the hall. I'll have Benjamin carry it up shortly. It'll give him something to do, other than drinking in the tool shed, that is. Not that I like talking ill of people. Clearly not. Who's Benjamin? The gardener, miss. At least that's what he's paid for. You won't see much evidence of him earning the money. I'll leave you to it, then. Thank you. Should I have offered him something, do you think? Food? Drink? (sighs) Depends on the customs of the house, I suppose. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Up to you now, all that. The master, surely. (laughs) He wouldn't trouble himself. Too earthly for him, thoughts like that. Uh, Then I... I would have offered the driver something for his trouble. Oh well, too late now. I'll introduce you to the master. That all right? Quite all right. Good. Because we have to get off on the right foot, don't we? If we're going to be working with each other. I suppose... Strictly speaking, you'd be working for me. Well, yes. Yes. But I'm sure you're not one for all that, are you? Not as long as you're doing your job satisfactorily, no. Has someone said that? I don't. Of course not. I just... Perhaps we should start again. I work my fingers to the bone in the name of the Hodder family. Never had any complaints. Certainly Mrs Campbell had none. Mrs Campbell? Woman who had the job before you. An excellent housekeeper, Mrs Campbell. A credit to the hall. I hope to live up to her. (laughs) Don't we all? Anyway, I'll show you through to his master's study. So you're the only maid. Benjamin is the gardener. You have a cook, of course. Oh, yes. Mrs Cutler. And what a great deal she thinks of herself. It's hardly enough staff for a house of this size. Well, there's only the master and his sister to look after, of course. But, yes, we could do with a few more pairs of hands. I hope you don't mind the sight of dead things. Excuse me? The master has lots of them. Apes and birds and lizards and... Oh, who knows what. Oh. Taxidermy. What? Uh, Stuffed animals. Oh. Well, whatever you call them. They make my skin crawl. All staring at you. The devil's work to dust too. I mean, a dog is one thing. Dogs are nice around the place. But you wouldn't keep it after it was dead, would you? Here we are, the master's study. Come! I'll leave you to it and see about your trunk. Thank you. Might you push me over to the queues? I'm sorry? I'm stuck under F. Uh, The bookshelf, sorry. Uh, um, (laughs) Of course. A little further. Oh. Stop, stop. Heliotrope for good fortune. <laughs> I'd quite forgotten what an ill-informed oaf Parkhouse could be. Never mind. Yes? Can I help you? I'm rather busy at the moment. Sorry to interrupt. Catherine Ellis. Your new housekeeper. Really? Yes. What happened to the old one? Oh, yes, of course. I quite forgot about you. Shall I come back at a more opportune time? Oh, Lord, no, no, we need you now. With, um, with the old one gone, we'll be in chaos. 
Of course, my sister can't possibly do it. Her bright-hearted peccadillos make that sort of responsibility most indivisible. <laughs> her feet are not on the earth, bless her. I'm sure you'd agree. I'm happy to serve the household to my best capability. Well, exactly. And that's what we need, yes. Someone who knows what they're doing. You do know what you're doing. I hope you'll find me quite capable. I'm sure you are. Only, I seem to remember your experience was limited. I've been in domestic service for most of my working life. I'm sure I have your letter of application here. Ah! Yes, that's right. But you're only housekeeper for a matter of months. Langley Court, why did you leave? I married. Ah. I see. I suppose that's not likely to happen again. No. And your husband, uh, is he, uh, is he... He died last year. Oh, oh. Would you mind if I asked how? He was a sailor on the Bay of Panama. A sailor? Huh. How exciting! I often wonder if I might have liked to travel. But then there's Clarissa to think of. It must have been wonderful, though. A life on the ocean waves, new horizons, new vistas. A lucky man. Not really. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name! The ship was hit by a blizzard. Some of the crew, under the orders of the ship's mate, climbed the rigging to get clear of the water. My husband was one of them. And what happened to them? They froze to death. Stuck to the rigging, became part of it. Solid as the oak. An act of God. Isn't that what they say? Frankly, it's the sort of behaviour that makes people not like him very much. I doubt he cares. God is nothing if not self-confident, most murderous despots are. Well, you're here with us now and I'm sure you'll be a considerable asset. Have you been allocated a room? The attic room, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, I'm afraid accommodation is limited. While the hall is large, some of the rooms are... Well, uh, time is unkind to all things, be they brick or flesh. I'm sure it'll be more than adequate. Let's hope you will be too. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must get on. Of course. Do you have any specific rules or preferences as to the running of the house? Oh, just keep us fed and stop it falling down. Before you go, would you be so good as to send me in the direction of E? See what I mean? I'm sorry? Head in the clouds? Or his books, rather? And your master. I don't mean anything by it. He's nice enough. Not bad looking, either. <laughs> that really isn't an observation you're in a position to make. Just saying. Want to meet Cook? Yes, please. Oh, yes, you'll do. 
Yes, indeed. You'll do very nicely. Mm. Are a couple of those for me? I would hope you have soul enough without stealing one of mine. I beg your pardon? Souls, my dear. Soul cakes. Well, it's all Hallow's Eve, after all. You must be the new housekeeper, Mrs Ellis? Yes. How lovely. Dolores Cutler, the cook. <laughs> Welcome to Hodder Hall. We'll do right by you, I can promise you that much. That's lovely to hear. Thank you, Mrs Cutler. Oh, Dolores, please. When the master and mistress aren't around. You can have a cake, but they need to cool a little first. Well, that's nice. Hush, now, my girl. She'll earn it. Haven't you got work to be doing? <sighs> She's a handful, that one. But I've known worse. I'm sure you'll whip her into shape. It's my job to try. Now, let me tell you about dinner. The master and mistress are fickle in their dining habits, as you'll soon discover. Unless we have guests, and we never have guests, they dispense with the opening courses entirely. I have, on occasion, managed to sneak some oysters onto the table. The mistress in particular will enjoy oyster. As a rule, though, we have a main meat course and a dessert. If that's what they want. Well, well exactly. Uh, I'm here to look after them and it's always been so. Tonight we have curried lamb. The hotter the better as far as Miss Clarissa, bless her heart, is concerned. She's never happier than when her food bites back. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by braised pears, which should at least prove soothing after the effect of the lamb. I'm sure it would be delicious. It will. If there's one thing I know how to do in life, it's cook. Everything else has rather passed me by. Do we get many solars coming for cakes? I would have thought we were rather out of the way. Well, it's a short enough walk to the village through the woods, but no, nobody troubles us here. Mm. I'll keep a few for the mistress. She does have a sweet tooth, but the rest I'll, you know, set out in the grounds. In the grounds? Mm. Along with the odd glass of sherry. That is the point of a soul cake, you know, my dear. That a gift for the dead. Well, the living can get their own treats. You can be the exception. They should be cool enough by now. Just mind your tongue. Oh, well, I, I, I don't normally. I mean, I'm not a great How eater. How can you be housekeeper unless you know your cook can do her job, eh? Eat one, or I should be offended. Ooh. Oh, it's still quite warm, actually. <laughs> Just blow on it. <laughs> Very nice, oh. It was barely more than a rat's nibble. Get it down, you, my dear. You look like you need feeding up. You don't mind me saying. Honestly, it's lovely. It's all down to the spices. Plenty of ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, and lots and lots of dried fruit. The dead like their treats, or so we're led to believe. I suppose you need something to cheer up your day when you're nothing but rot and things not done. What a thought. Oh, the dead are nothing to worry about. It's the living that worry me. Anyway, I've taken up enough of your time. We can have a proper chat in the morning. Mm. Why don't you go and see the room? Unpack, maybe even take a walk to the village. As I say, it's not far, not if you cut through the woods. So it would be nice to get an idea of where I am. I'm sure you can find your way. Your room is certainly easy to direct you to. Just go to the stairs and keep climbing until you no longer can. <laughs> Thank you. Hall, a huge building no longer cared for by the numbers of staff it needed. But I'm not one to refuse a challenge. Whatever it took, however much work was needed, 
I would get this house on its feet again. <sighs> Gloria had complained that Mr. Hodder's stuffed animals were hard to dust. Could only guess that her excuse for neglecting the rest of the house. Surfaces were thick with it. The abandoned rooms were mausoleums. Wardrobes and cupboards stacked high with old clothes, ornaments and yet more stuffed animals, all turned greasy with dust. A house that hides its dirt behind closed doors. Perhaps all houses do in their own way. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.